0: Welcome to the next episode of the Austin Bar Association's Council of First. I'm your host, Amanda Ariaga, First Latina Bar President. This podcast is made possible by the Texas Bar Foundation. In today's episode, we talk to Vasu Bahara, President of the Board of Directors for Volunteer Legal Services of Central Texas. He also serves as the Deputy Chief Administrative Law Judge for the Texas State Office of Administrative Hearings, SOA, which is the Centralized Administrative Hearing Tribunal for the Adjudication of Contested Case Hearings in the Executive Branch of State Government. Judge Bihara is a clinical professor at the University of Texas School of Law and directs the Judicial Internship Program. He's a graduate of Trinity University, the University of Texas School of Law, and most importantly, McCallum Memorial High School. I'm pleased to have with me today fellow McCallum Mustang, Basu Bihara.
1: Hey, thanks, Amanda. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here, neighbor. Turns out we grew up together. We didn't even know it. It was parallel lives.
1: Yeah. Small. They come together, diverge.
0: Yeah. So tell me, why did you want to be a lawyer?
1: Uh, yeah, that was, um, you know, I, I, I didn't have any lawyers in my family. I came from a family of medicine, basically. My, both my parents are doctors. My older brothers and my younger brother are both doctors. Um, and so I co- kind of quickly figured out that uh, med school was not gonna be in my path after I got weeded out in my first year or so. And um, I, you know, when I look back on, it, I thought about the things that kind of make me uh you know, get that fire in your belly, things that get you kind of upset we were talking about it earlier in high school. I was part of the constitution team It's called we are we the People competition and it's basically kind of like a like a granulated debate team uh but focused on uh constitutional issues uh mine was focused on like the first couple uh, uh parts of the bill of rights and so um Really always started getting interested in I had my first flavor of constitutional law. We won the state competition, got flown up to D.C. for uh, my senior year of high school. We did the national competition there. At that time, uh, you know, we can fast forward to it later, but um, uh, Judge Inohosa was a uh, big part of like a guest judge for us on our competition team, and he knew we were going to D.C., and he set us up with a tour of the of the US Supreme Court. And so we got to do a really cool back end tour, very quiet at the time. It wasn't in session. And then we went back into chambers and um Justice Anton Scalia came out and gave us like a 30 minute speech, you know, take not to go one way or the other, but he gave us a speech on, you know, his understanding and his uh philosophy about, you know, the um strict constructualism versus a living constitution and i think uh there were a handful of us out of that group that were fascinated by it right and then they all along with myself ended up actually in law school together um so you know those th- type of experiences are what kind of made me want to go to law school i knew i wanted to always kind of follow the action and so i was interested in courtroom experience and what that meant in undergrad at trinity i was um I was a psychology grad, so there's not much you can do with that unless you uh, apply something forward. And uh, but I did a lot of work uh, my junior and senior year. Uh, Most of my research stuff was based on juror perceptions, and um, you know, one thing I did was on saliency factors on how if you had a you know how jurors might perceive uh, the sentencing phase if they had like to actually hold the weapon versus seeing a picture. And uh, we try to do a lot of different uh experiments there a lot of different research so there was always something driven towards kind of like law and i didn't know much about lawyering otherwise but i knew it was something that you can kind of just figure out on your own so um that's kind of why i went into law school and then uh just kind of got lucky with a bunch of experiences to um get where i'm at
0: well i bet when you had to tell your family i'm gonna be a lawyer and it's just as good as being a doctor being able to say, and I saw the Supreme court and talked to a Supreme court justice. I bet that was helpful.
1: Uh, yeah. A little, you know, I don't know. My, my, um, my mom had the dream of like all three of us being doctors, but even, and I think even when I was, uh, um, my, I always tell her, she, you know, my, after my, I got my federal clerkship after law school, super fortunate. And, uh, my mom was, and I moved back to McAllen at that time because I was, uh, clerking, uh, with judge Hinoza and, um, in the Federal District Court in McAllen. And I was lay, living out back at my house, which was not the, it was good, you know, I got saved save some money. and It was, uh, uh, you know, got a lot of the perks you get with uh, getting to do laundry and all that type of stuff. But um, my mom would always come back and he was like, you sure you don't want to take the MCAT now? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm done, I'm done, I'm good. Um, but they're, no, they're very uh, supportive and proud of, uh, of what went on after.
0: And so there's a lot of different ways to be a judge, and you happen to be a judge at Soa, which is not really a traditional thing that one does. But you know this about me: I'm a state government girl, and so I'm very committed to making sure that people feature state government, and this is the judicial arm, basically, of the executive branch. So, how did you become a judge at Soa?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a uh, uh, you know these type of things, which uh, I know we've talked about a little bit, which is um, networking a bit, but you know, it's kind of nice the the you know, state office of administrative hearings, th- that type of position as an ALJ is like hundred percent merit based, right? So like that's not it's some I don't have to one nice thing, you don't have to run for election. Um, you know, um but uh you know, I was I, I was always interested in administrative law. Um and when I worked, uh, Fortune was worked to when I really got to work with uh, Judge Karen Crump at the two fiftieth uh Travis County District Court is basically the first level of judicial review of any administrative proceeding of any mi- administrative uh, appeal so to speak and so uh cases that get uh appealed and go through judicial review go straight there and so that's where I got a lot of experience working on cases that came out of soa and I got to see the type of work the diverse style of work you get there i went into mediation training in around that same time uh when I was uh, working with Judge uh, Judge Crump, and there was an ALJ in my class of the mediation training at the UT uh, Dispute Resolution Center training, and we knew some other, we had some close friends uh, in the same circles, and I just uh, kept up with her a little bit. I said, you know, just let me know if there's a, ever an opening, be kind of interested in what goes on over there. You know, having the experience working for. Uh, on the federal district court side, uh, you know, as a kind of a right hand for Judge Hosa and then also having later on, you know, several years later with more experience working for Judge Crump, I kind of knew what it was to, you know, I knew that's where I wanted to be at least, uh, you know, working on that side of the bench uh, to help. And it was just an interesting opportunity that came up. Um, one thing that I also really appreciated about, you know, being going to SOA was that it's a large part legal writing, um, you know. There's we we preside over, uh, you know, the agency presides over what 25,000 hearings a year. Um, but uh, the large part about it is we write a well reasoned legal decision after every single case we hear. So getting to flex that writing muscle, that legal writing muscle, was also really attractive to me. Uh, but also just uh, you know I was always interested in state government, like like yourself. And this is a really great. Uh, place to work as far as um, all the different pieces of state government work coming in, all the different disputes, licensing actions, utilities work, all the different, you know, anything that touches uh, a life of a Texas citizen um, ends up somehow at SOA sometimes. And so really having a good diverse uh, work environment is something I was really interested in. Um, And, you know, access to justice is always something I've been really interested in, which kind of what you uh, invited me for. And that's really the avenue, the really uh a really good place to understand access to justice issues because most of our litigants that most of the folks that come into SOA um are self represented, I would say there's a large portion of them, not most, but a, a large portion of them. And it's really the system is built in a way to allow them to be um successfully heard, right? Like not maybe Uh, not necessarily to win or lose, but to make sure that they get a fair shake um, to a contested case hearing. And so that was always interesting to me, too, to see how the uh, process is confirms kind of making sure everyone's on a level playing field. You know, the state carries a great amount of weight uh, on these things, and they shouldn't just get the upper hand just because you don't have a lawyer. So we try and make uh, everything real streamlined in a way that you could Um, where you don't necessarily have to hire some an attorney like you can present your case on your own behalf and do just as good of a job based on the procedural safeguards that we have in place
0: well and i'm sure that folks in your office i don't know if you have to are always keenly looking at what's happening during the legislative session because adding more cases to SOA for this purpose i see come up every session um and there's always this like oh well if if we need to give the citizens a voice, so let's send them to SOA. Yeah. And so I'm always interested to see, because it's a good idea, what you're describing. It's accessible. People can figure out how to do it, but it becomes a lot of work if you already have a 25000 caseload case loan a year.
1: Yeah, uh, when definitely legislative sessions are a very busy time for us. It's a fun time as you, uh, you know, I I was always excited by, by that too. Um, glad to have a chance to work on that. You know, we welcome all styles of cases and different disputes. I think we're a great place to resolve those. But um, there are also a lot of styles of disputes that uh, are, you know, probably are more, you know, definitely the Constitution requires those not to be yet. So, right, we're a, we're a state agency, and some of those cases do belong um, over there at the district court house. But um, we we do get lots of new and different styles of cases all the time, and we, it's that's also a fun. Thing to do is reason to work there is it's it's always something different every day. You get to learn about a different style of case, different type of case, different type of dispute. Um, You get to touch a new area of law, just is brand new and um, yeah. It is legislature session though was (laughs) it's always kind of fast and furious.
0: Well, I always assume it's a compliment when they want to give the agency that you work for more to do. It's a compliment because it means that you're doing what you currently do well.
1: Yeah, no, we always uh, we always take uh, you know very uh very uh everyone over there is always very helpful to us and they look out for us and I think um we work well with everybody there at the legis- during legislative session too so it's really nice um and it is a compliment because um as deputy chief i help manage about 30 aljs of you know various different uh groups and they'll they'll take they're they're always welcome to the challenge and roll up their sleeves and try and help but they're all focused on dispute resolution right so it's it's a fun place to work
0: Well, I'm very interested. You are currently in charge of Volunteer Legal Services of Central Texas. Why is VLS so important to you?
1: Yeah, this has been a, you know, my board term is actually, it went by in a flash. It's uh, pretty much uh, completing itself uh, this term. Um, VLS is uh, Volunteer Legal Services Central Texas. It's just been an organization that's been part of my legal career since I joined, uh, since I came back to Austin after clerking. Uh, when I was working at DLA Piper, um, you know, big global business litigation firm, um, we were doing a lot of really good complex business litigation. But, you know, if you really want to, as a young lawyer, you wanted to get yourself into uh, the courtroom, um, you it's it's probably going to come for pro bono work. And so I always knew I was going to, you know, I had a little bit of a relationship with a lot of folks at, at, at TRLA down in the Valley when I was working down there. And um, we had a good relationship at that time with BLS. And so I just kind of knew that this is the place to go to try and find a fun case. And we'd always, uh, you know, I uh, always up for the challenge and always up to learn new things. I was really heavily focused on federal um, federal court cases coming out and coming into work there. And so that was a good opportunity to get out of my comfort zone and get thrown into the kind of wild, wild west in the state court <laughs> state court world. Um, but you know, I just always kind of knew that uh, you know, lawyers are the only ones that can do this pro bono work, right? Like, um, there are so many incredible nonprofit organizations in town uh that do great work, but uh the only one that um you know it, those folks can't do legal work, right? They can't do pro bono work. But so we're special in that way. And uh those cases are are tough, you know, you get to learn that just because there's a, a you know, maybe a, a case involving a, um, an indigent client, uh, that getting them to understand, like, that just doesn't mean that you win, right? You know, there are a lot of cases that I took. A lot of my pro bono cases, we lost. We made good law out of it later. But, um, uh, you know, just a great chance to to help the community, The you know, and as, you know, definitely wear your lawyer hat in a special way is uh, why I've always been interested in VLS. And then um, you know, getting on the board was uh, really a huge honor for me.
0: So for lawyers listening who have never participated in VLS, because it sounds scary or daunting or like more work when they're already full of work, how can lawyers get involved in VLS either by taking a case or maybe by contributing in other ways?
1: Yeah, there are uh, many. There's So there's, the great thing about VLS and an organization like VLS is, there are just so many different opportunities available, right? There's different flavors. There are, there are one-off clinics. I think right now um, we, we have, I think we, over the year so far, we've done about 68 clinics, uh, uh, phone clinics. um, And I believe something closer to 90 total clinics. So there are opportunities to just do one-off, you know, go to a clinic for a couple hours and take in a client, just review uh, that, client's that person's problem and help them on that day and be done. Uh, there are also opportunities to take uh, a longer, you know, more uh, contested style case where you actually are representing that client and going to court or whatever it is. But we have all the resources available um, to make you successful, whether it's based on the substantive area that you need, we've got um, guidebooks, we've got all the different resources that you need to succeed in that style of case. We also have mentors available to match you with a certain style of case whether it's a consumer case, you know, landlord tenant, whatever it is, you're not we're not you're not going to leave get you leave you hanging out to dry. And um uh those so there's all these different opportunities that are available from the kind of minor one hour type phone clinic thing to a more a longer uh, endeavor which might involve a, a longer case. Um and then there's also, you know, opportunities to um to To participate in different ways financially or whatever it is, to donate your time or money. And so we have a great director of pro bono legal services, who's now also part of the, um, on the committee for the Austin Bar Association with the pro bono committee, uh, Holly Tubes, who really does an amazing job trying to help folks match uh, the right opportunity. you ever have an issue, ever have some, you're inquiring into some type of pro bono opportunity. She's a great resource and can help you get set up on Um, You know, maybe you don't want to do like a really hard landing on your first case, or you want to start off, uh, you know, with baby steps, and that's totally fine, and we can always make that happen. Um, But, you know, just the diverse range of opportunities, whether it's family law, consumer law, all the different styles of problems that uh, our folks face in our community, there's always, always different ways to help.
0: Well, and we'll put in the podcast notes ways that folks can contribute their time or their money. Because you don't need to say it, I will say. If you don't have time, VLS will also take your money. So send that too. If you feel guilty that you haven't taken a case, send some money. So besides being, you're a very busy man. Besides being a judge, besides being head of VLS, you're also a clinical professor at UT Law School and you direct the Judicial Internship Program. Why is that so important to be doing?
1: Yeah, um... So the judicial internship itself was a really pivotal um, kind of jumping point for me in my career. Um, I, ended, I So I had an internship uh, with uh, Judge Hinojosa. I got that through this program called the American Bar Association. At that time, I think it was called the Judicial Internship Opportunity Program. I can't remember what it was called. J-op, yeah. And it was um, basically a the mission or the, the goal was to match law students from kind of diverse backgrounds that aren't typically, um, uh, don't typically maybe land or have those opportunities for those type of internships. And so I landed an internship with Judge Nelson at that time after my first year, uh, after my first year and my first year of summer out of law school, really loved it, um, got a chance to really kind of like see what happens behind the bench. And, uh, I just thought it was a really great environment. You could see everyone's really mission focused, right? Like, um, roll up their sleeves and it's, it's go time. Like you really want to help and be active and it's always on really fun environment. Um, but just a lot of good work being done there. And so, uh, that was always an important program to me, just, uh, having that opportunity because it really shaped my career. Um, later on, you know, because I did a nice job uh, during my internship, I was able to parlay that into a clerkship, which is also something that really benefited my career big time um, to to have that on your resume, just one thing, but also skills and mindset wise as, you know, what you want to be when you're a professional as a lawyer to understand where you want to go uh, as, uh, you know, as a practicing attorney. Um so then I've been in, you know, I love mentoring students. I love, you know, any, I was probably like the you know first one in my family, but also one of the first ones in my group, but also out of my friend's group and all the folks I knew to go to law school. So I was always the one answering calls for questions. Can you look up for my resume? Can you help me with this personal statement? Uh, what's, what do I do with this class? What do I, you know, when they're in law school, what about studying for the bar? Just always trying to be a helpful resource there. And as, um, And you know, as a clerk, I was always helping supervise different interns uh, during the summers. Um, And then at SoA, I was also at the SoA was uh, supervising interns through this program at the UT Law School. We uh, would always take several different interns, and so I got a good chance to work with the uh, then um, director uh, Mary Crowder, who's been amazing. Um, She was uh, really great to work with. She was retiring and kind of, um, uh, that's when this opening happened this past semester. So that's kind of like, uh, just a perfect storm of things happened and, uh, something that I was really interested in. I thought I could, you know, use my supervising experience as well as my, um, experience just training some of the ALJs at where I work, uh, knowing, you know, kind of with that mentality, like baby judge school type thing, um, that's what I thought I could bring to the law school. So it's been a great, uh, semester went off, uh, really well. Um, next semester is shaping up to be really, really amazing. We got like probably, um, 12 different, uh, internships across the city. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun semester, but I, I just love working with the students. So it's great to have a chance to give back to the law school, which has done, um, you know, my, one of my favorite places to be around, um, as you know, and so it's just, a, it's, it's, kind of luck of the draw type thing for me. Um, it is, uh, it's it's extra work, but uh, I probably would have done it for free. You don't have to tell them that.
0: Um. <laughs> we'll cut that part yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're so well-rounded that I think you probably give really good advice to the students because you've seen uh, law firms, you've seen judicial branch, you've seen executive branch, because um, sometimes it feels like you're supposed to come out of a good law school and go immediately make money by working at a big firm. And so you've had a bunch of different experiences. And so you can now tell the students what you like.
1: Right. And I always tell everybody, it's like, uh, you know, this is easier said than done, right? Because you have to be, um, some folks just really got to focus on paying off their loans or whatever issue it is. But I always tell everyone, just follow the action. Um, And, you know, I may have done that, you know, probably to my uh, wife's discomfort sometimes too, you know, jumping around a little bit too often. but. You know, like you said, I've I've did the federal court uh, thing. I've worked in state court. I've done the biggest firm in the world. I've done the smallest type of firm in the world. You know, solo small firm uh, thing. I worked uh, in house at the Texas Medical Association for a little while too, which was fantastic. Uh, Definitely was primarily focused on legislative affairs at that time, government affairs. So that was a lot of fun. Got to work legislative session, but. You know, I can always tell folks about the mistakes that you get and you learn from uh, as a young lawyer or as a lawyer, just kind of on your own. Um, I've been fortunate to like have like some of the best mentors throughout my career. Um, always amazing uh, folks. And that won't go too much name dropping, but it's like, it's when I look back on, it, I'm like, wow, these, you know, legends in the legal field just are just super ultra smart, good natured people who can teach you that you know what I try and uh tell our law students like yeah being a lawyer is a job it's a great job you know it can pay really well but it's really a profession and so how do you contribute to the profession how are you going to aim your career to like advancing the profession because when that happens is when things start coming together um you really start helping yourself but the community and helping people around you um so that's what I try and um Talk to them about is like some of the mistakes I've made. Whether it's workplace environment, right? Because um, folks don't know, uh, you know, you want to advance your communication skills, interpersonal communication skills, but also out to the court. But then also, um, you know, how do you continue and push yourself and become like a big player in the profession to really advance and keep keep everything going? Because you could you can always fall into a little bit of a rut where you're not super involved and just focused on one thing, and that's great, but um, you don't want to spread yourself too thin either, but uh, try and try and give uh, folks a different flavor of all the different opportunities and what might work for them and what might not.
0: Well, that's why if I see your parents over the holidays, um, I'm going to tell them lawyers help people too. We just help them with our words, right? With our With our words and our writing. That's how we help people. Not all of us like blood and sick people and germs all the time. So that's how we choose our paths. So my final question is, what advice would you give to lawyers in Austin who want to get involved but don't know how? Uh, This
1: is probably one of the best spaces is the Austin Bar Association. I mean, when I, yes, and these are all just kind of like lucky stories again, but it's like, uh, you know, I wanted to be involved, right? So you stay involved in BLS, but then I also wanted to get involved in local bar because this is the best place to meet attorneys that are maybe not in your specific area of practice, or maybe they are, and you just, don't get out of your circle too much. Um, so I joined, it wasn't the first, it was the second class of the um, AYLA awesome Bar Leadership Academy. And I got to meet an amazing group of folks, uh, various attorneys working in different areas of practice. And they were really helpful. I mean, you realize that like everyone just wants to help each other, right? Like it's not this zero sum game where um, it's not territorial in any way. They like, Hey, how can I give uh Vasu a case? You know, or how can I help him with something, or maybe, you know, maybe he'll know someone who can help me on this issue, or you know, just expanding your network is uh really important. Um, so that's why I would sell folks to get involved, get involved with the bar. Um, there are so many, you know, so many different ways to get involved. And so if you really can't find uh something's going on, you know, because uh, there's there should be some type of opportunity that uh tickles you a little bit and wakes you up. Um, so I would just, uh, encourage folks to continue and get involved in legal organizations. I mean, you're always going to have that chance. I was also involved in, um, some nonprofits, uh, you know, awesome partners in education, fantastic group in town, um, help really helps, uh, work with family support services and that type of thing, uh, community, community and schools. Um, but I also knew that like, I, Hey, I needed to continue and advance the profession and work my professional group and Austin's a lucky place to be, uh, which is kind of a small group. So I love, uh, I've had that chance. I would definitely say uh, get involved with the, either AYLA or the Austin bar. I was also involved in the state bar um, as well. Cause you can, there's just uh, all these different types of opportunities out there and you can always get to meet new people across uh, your community and the statewide.
0: Is there anything else you would like to say to our audience? No, I appreciate you having me here. Um, you know, I appreciate
1: you having the opportunity to speak about VLS. You know, our uh executive director Elisa De Luna, she's uh really done an amazing job. You know, she took over like right when COVID hit and um she uh you know, maybe she didn't and nobody can expect that, but you know, she uh took all the punches with what's going on and she's really helped shape the organization in a really nice way to Set it up for success going forward. Um, I think there are some amazing opportunities there to really help the legal community, and so I just really appreciate you giving me that opportunity to be a kind of quick voice for VLS, because um, uh, that's it's one of my favorite organizations. I think it will be to anyone who gets a chance to join it if they haven't already, and for all and to also say thank you to all of our uh, supporters and volunteers um, over the years. You can't succeed, can't exist without. Uh, that participation in the community. And uh, there's a lot of folks who kind of stay quiet and really do a lot of great work. And um, I won't blast their name out right now, but just want to tell them, like, we really appreciate all the work that they've done. Well,
0: I'm so happy to have you here. We've talked before about how the Austin Bar and VLS should be partners on more things. We, We have been partners sort of throughout the years, and then it's been informal, formal, um, and so part of this is also to make sure that we keep doing that and that we work together um and partner because we should. Are we have the same we have the same ideology though so what we do is a little bit different but we really all just want to help people.
1: Right and so it is like a great uh it's a the relationships uh should coexist and they do and they um you know advancing that is I uh, really appreciate you taking that uh to heart because um it's it's a, there's a, you know, folks want to just help, right? I mean, everyone just is in the bar, not for really personal reasons, but they just want to, you know, be out there and help other folks. And so it's good that there's uh, advancing that partnership.
0: Well, great. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And we'll see all of you next time.